Hello and welcome back to the Return of the Empire podcast. I am your host, Emiliano Emil Fergoso, 49ers beat reporter for Sacktown Sports 1140. And of course, I am joined by my co-host, my producer, the man of the hour, the King's fanatic. I mean, what what else can I say about this guy? Nate Littlefield, what's going on? We're just happy. We're happy right now. <laughs> We're in a good place outside of this... Um Little Brock Purdy tidbit we got. I think that's you know, I, that's a little tease for what's coming up. Yeah. But uh, you know, we got a little uh, headline clickbait with Purdy this week, so that that kind of disturbed me a bit. But besides that, I'm a happy man, and I'm very happy to introduce our good friend, our coworker, mm-hmm. Kyle Ledbetter. Hello, everybody. I am so excited to be here on the Return of the Empire podcast. You have invited me into your lovely space, and I'm glad to be here. Yeah, for those who don't know, we are in we're in the penthouse level, uh, downtown Sacramento, mm-hmm. uh, on the 38th floor. Yep. Uh, it's all windows. We're surrounded by windows. It's beautiful. We get to watch over the whole city. It's it's really nice. Um, so you're welcome for for coming here yeah i know this literally like the rent you're paying on this space costs more than my entire two months worth at my apartment yeah we make a lot of money from this podcast so yeah, don't, you know. don't even worry about it but oh, kyle what oh, are you from what am i from yeah uh well it's usually <laughs> where am i from but no uh, like what, what shows yeah so i have a, a personal podcast it's called take it easy uh i have now recorded 1203 podcasts with that show uh Hello, going right. back to college it's just I, I joke that some people go to the gym and get swole 45 minutes a day. I just turn on a microphone and record for 45 minutes a day. That's why you're so jacked. Yeah, that, that's why yeah. I'm 165 pounds. Nice. But I have a podcast. Uh, it's part of Believe's Podcast Network. You can check it out everywhere you get shows. Uh, I am the co-host of the Red Rain podcast for the Arizona Cardinals uh, with SB Nation. So See you can Buddha. check that out. Bye, Buddha. Bye, Buddha. You, Dude, Buddha's like the fifth wildest thing that's happened yeah, this offseason. Sure. Oh, it's know. about time he's, I mean, yeah. They, I, I don't blame him for asking for he, That franchise is in complete dude, disarray. I, I went to school at Arizona State, and I didn't understand how bad Arizona sports were managed until I got there. They might have like the worst owners in the history so of, of sports. Here's the thing that I love is that before all of this found out where, for those who aren't paying attention to the Cardinals, so the former executives have come out and detailed cheating, harassment, um, racial discrimination amongst the owner of the uh, Arizona Cardinals or the chairman of the Cardinals, Michael Mm -hmm. Bidwell. And before that, the NFLPA report cards came out uh, with all 32 teams and the grades and stuff. The Cardinals finished 31st out of 32, and the only team worse than them has multiple branches of Congress investigating them. Yes, they do. And Didn't we go over this? Yes, we we did. We touched on this a few weeks ago. Yeah, we went through uh, the ratings, and the Cardinals were F in most departments, in in a good chunk of departments. Including the best one of them all, which, Kyle, I'm sure you know about the the meals. Yeah, so they were the only team in the NFL that makes... They're the only team in the NFL that, like, when players get meals from the cafeteria, they basically, like, take it out of their paycheck and make them basically pay for it. That's, man. They are... um, They probably don't notice it, though. Oh, I bet they do. They complained about it. Yeah. They they were the only team in the entire league that does that. I I mean, like... Yeah, that's crazy. Just scummy scummy behavior. Scummy. uh, Before the sidetrack. So, yeah, I do Arizona Cardinals podcast, various other places. You can find me on YouTube. I wrote a book. You can buy that wherever you get books. Uh, there's, there's all sorts. You can look up SpursSixChampionship.com. Oh yeah, get Kyle's name. book on Amazon. 
Yeah. I got to help you with your book cover, too. I saw it. Yeah. And uh, we, I think we need to do a little redesign. So I wanted to mm-hmm. do something more spectacular, but the thing is, copyright rules yeah. said that I can't figure use the Spurs logo. On, I can't use the Spurs logo. I definitely can't use the Spurs yeah. logo. Definitely can't use photos of the arena unless you go there and physically take a photo. So we just went with Spurs colors. Interesting, but Interesting. E- even through Getty, you can't. Interesting. Nope. Copyright rules are so challenging. We got to go yeah. take some pictures of Manu Ginobili in his house. Just go to the, just go to the Alamo, Alamo yeah. Dome and take a couple photos. I, I think, think, it, I think it would be funnier if it was like Nesterovich or someone oh, weird like yeah. that. Boris Diaw. Boris Diaw. Oh, I guess Bertans was post. Bertans. Yeah. Boban. Yeah. Oh, my a lot gosh. Of guys. Boban. Okay, well, um, so we yeah. brought Kyle in today yeah. because he's sort of a draft analyst expert. He mm-hmm. loves... Kyle is addicted. It's a problem here around the station. He's addicted to mock drafts. He yes. just can't stop doing them. Yes. He so can't stop. Here's the thing, Nate, is when you do a podcast five, sometimes six days a week, sometimes having to do multiple podcasts in a day, you sometimes got to scrap for content a little bit. Mm-hmm. And mock drafts are just such easy content. They really are. They're yeah. just so easy. Yeah. If you know the top 20 players if you know relatively who needs what, you're never going to get it right. You just switch up the numbers a little bit, and there you go. You got another mock draft. Yep, exactly, man. <laughs> Throw just, a trade or two in there. Yep, yep. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You just yeah. you, you get Jerry Jones making a trade, and all of a sudden you've got a spicy little mock draft. Well, Kyle, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. Absolutely. And we're I not excited. we're not wrapping up, even though it sounded like I was about to wrap it up. <laughs> no, it it took me like three minutes to explain all the stuff I was doing and then talking about the Cardinals and stuff. Maybe while we're recording, DeAndre Hopkins will get traded. God, yeah, I hope so. That'll be interesting. I just as someone who covers the NFC West, watching not covering a team that's comical is actually fun to watch other teams that are comical do comical things. So that's kind of where I'm at with the Cardinals right now. It's kind of a I want them to do well, but I know they're not going to. So can we just get the lols, please? I'm in the best place where I'm not like emotionally invested in them. Like last year, I could name you every player on the team, but like yeah. I wasn't sitting down and watching the games like with the intense passion of someone who might cover the team or is a fan of the team. Yeah. So I can look at this. I'm like, oh yeah, it's really funny that the fan base and the ownership basically hates Kyler Murray, and now they're in a forced marriage with. That's got to be a really tough franchise to be a fan of. Oh, trust me, especially when, be, yeah. especially when the season ticket holders are, are getting asked to pay more money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's the other thing is along with being a cheater, discriminatory, yelling at pregnant women, uh, the chairman of the Cardinals, Michael Bidwell, is also really cheap. Yes. And so when he gives Cliff Kingsbury $37.5 million guaranteed dollars to not work, mm-hmm. he, is, uh, he is not only passing the price onto the other team. I think their ticket prices are up 15 to 20%. Yeah. He and also currently employs the 31st highest paid general manager in Monty Austin Fort reportedly and the lowest paid head coach in the NFL in Jonathan Gannon, who was offered more by the Eagles to be defensive coordinator. But he wanted the opportunity. And exactly. And Which, Brian Flores helping. and Dan Quinn both would rather be defensive coordinators than the head coach of the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah. So with Sean Payton, he'd rather work with Russell Wilson in Denver. Well, yeah, but Sean Payton was just using them for leverage with Denver, who somehow also wanted D'Amico Ryans instead of Sean Payton. Somehow they settled on Sean Payton. That's kind of a well, weird situation. Look, I've been reporting this. I cover the Niners. I've been reporting this with D'Amico for months now. Since last year, he was always going to the Texans. There was never a doubt in my mind he wasn't going to the Texans. It was just too perfect. It made too much sense. They needed too much good of a... They need a culture guy. He's a culture guy. 
Or, oh, and he's already, you know, a former Texan. Yeah, he's a former. They, yeah, so, culture. Yeah. It's about building the culture, and they wanted to reset, and it just it made too much sense. They, yeah, Denver was never getting D'Amico. Yeah, well, we'll talk more about the Texans later, I assume. But yes. the Texans look. The the Texans are one of my favorite jokes. Like you talked about going for the lulls uh, on our podcast. We uh, I'll just briefly on our podcast we celebrate Bill O'Brien Day on January twelfth <laughs> because. <laughs> Uh, that is the day that somehow against all odds, Bill O'Brien was up 24-0 right. in a road playoff game against Patrick Mahomes. That's right. And if they had won that game, they would have hosted the Titans in the AFC. They probably would have gone to the Super Bowl against the Niners that year. Man. They were up oh, 24-0. And, uh, Look, you, you might not like Deshaun Watson for obvious, obvious reasons, but when that guy was on fire, he was hot. The Houston, and they've kerfuffled that so bad. The Houston Texans not only have the worst record in the NFL since being up 24-0 on the Kansas City Chiefs, they are 11-39-1, and and I think, something like that. Um, it's the worst for sure. Not only that, they have fueled three different organizations' most successful runs of the last 15 years. Because they gave all their draft picks to the Dolphins. Oh my God, that's right. They gave the sexual predator to the Cleveland Browns, who instantly becomes the, their best quarterback in franchise history, and gave DeAndre Hopkins and J.J. Watt to the Cardinals for free. Wait, did you just say Deshaun Watson's the best quarterback in Cleveland Browns history? Yeah, the, the modern Cleveland Browns. Oh, okay, post, I'm, about, yeah. I'm like, are we missing Otto Graham? Are no, we, the, okay. the post, the, 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 that's the Baltimore Ravens now. The post-Baltimore Ravens Good point. since 1999. Okay. That's a very fascinating stat. That's very, the, the, lose, the most losing franchise since Yeah, then. they... That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, think, no, it doesn't surprise me, but it's, it's, it sticks out. They have the worst record in the NFL since 2020, and I think they now had five different head coaches. I mean, when, when as a area when you use minority hires as a way to scapegoat out of getting good draft picks it, it's never going to go well they did it three times also which and is Houston a wild just thing. did it in the in the Rockets just did it too with Steven Silas it's mm-hmm. the whole area thing it's incredible yeah and in the NFL like people used to point to like Hugh Jackson they did that where you just put a, a black coach in a bad situation they talked about it with uh, Raheem Morris with Tampa yep. you can name three examples with the Texans that was Romeo Cornell yep it was David Cully yep it was Lovey Smith yep Three mm. different coaches. I love Lovey Smith for his swan song. That yeah, great. again, we'll talk about it later. But should I've we should we get for... into this? What's happened with the Niners since we've last spoken? Yeah, we should. I, I think that's a good idea. Do you want to touch on Conley first? You want to touch on this Purdy stuff? What do you want to do? You know, I think the biggest news of all is Brock Purdy. Yes. And I, when I, is I, it not? When, when is it not? Brock Purdy is the king. <laughs> he is the Niners guy. And if you've talked to John Lynch, if you've talked to Kyle Shanahan, Kyle's been a little bit more kind of off-putting with it because Kyle's never never definitive with anything. Um, but John... We could Lynch, all be dead on Sunday. Who knows? It's Kyle, man. Yeah. I, their, their way of beating around the bush is incredible. It really is. I love it. I love it's, phrases like that dude, it's, as I smash my elbow onto the, onto the counter. <laughs> professional uh, yeah. broadcaster. Yes, professional yes, broadcaster. Yes. Anyway, with Brock Purdy, John Lynch has said he is the leader in the clubhouse, and it sure looks like it's a possibility that he does play in 2023. Now, I know you brought up earlier the clickbait stuff. We're going to get to that in a second. But the first news that we can, I can confirm for sure, Brock Purdy is in Santa Clara right now working rehabilitating his UCL injury on his right elbow uh, with training staff, doing rehab, going to meetings. That's a huge step. That's a huge step for a guy who a month ago had major elbow surgery on his throwing elbow and to have shed the brace already. He still has the internal brace, obviously, inside that's keeping the ligament together. But to shed the big brace on the outside that was 
you know, limiting him moving his arm at all. Yeah. They're working on range of motion already. That's a very good sign so far. So let me give a little backstory to what exactly we're talking about here with that clickbait title. Yes. There, he had an interview this week with Yahoo Sports. Brock Purdy did, where it came. Well, he was asked if he'll be able to play during the upcoming season, mm-hmm. and his quote was, "Not really sure, honestly." So that is like. Okay, he said it, but he's also said that his recovery is going well and he seems to be on track. He's taking it a day at a time and he's healing up. And yeah, just just regular regular um I uh, player speak, coach speak, yeah. right? So, I it may have just been a, a slip up. I don't really know what it was. I, I don't it's know. It's not anything. It's Brock protecting his long-term interest. This, and this is maybe just opinion, okay. whatever. I don't I'm not buying into it. It's very clickbaity and able to write. That's why I didn't include it in my write-up. Is because I thought it was very clickbaity. Because you're honest, Emil. Yeah, I am. You give these honest stories. I'm trying to you be hit on- him hard. I'm trying to be honest with my, with my stuff. <laughs> Appreciate their sarcasm, Nate. Thank you. No, I'm serious. <laughs> he's a journalist. Yeah, he's a journalist. Capital J journalism, yes, man. We I went to Cronkite. Cronkite. He's a Cronkite guy. <laughs> I'm a Cronkite kid, man. <laughs> Cronkite kid. I'm a Cronkite kid. Sense. Anyway, no, with, with Purdy, the reason why I don't buy it, and the reason why he said it is because Brock Purdy, and I said all along, and I said it too, he wants to protect his long-term interests. He does not want to rush back from a surgery that has only happened to, I believe, one or two other players in the NFL. Okay, one or two other quarterbacks. This is a baseball injury typically, and typically it's Tommy John surgery, which means you're out for the full year, possibly plus. It's a it's a huge deal, especially for a quarterback who throws with velocity on, sh- on short yardage throws. So he wants to protect his long-term interest. Now, when it comes to the timeline, him being there is the biggest sign of it's going well. If he, if it wasn't going yeah. well, he would still be in Arizona at home. That's a good with with his physical point. therapist. Okay, his he wants to go out there and compete as soon as possible. Do not think Brock Purdy is trying to take just take his time because he wants to take his time. He wants to take his time because he doesn't want to get hurt again because he wants to come back the same. And so far, every indication is that he's going to be able to do that based off what his doctors have told him. So. Emil, you're the 49ers insider guy. Do you think that at this stage of the game, if Brock Purdy were to not play all of next season, he would still be under the contract two more years with the Niners, I believe? It's a weird... Let me look it up really quick. It's it's a really interesting contract that he has. I believe you are correct, but it's a very small number, so I have to make sure. I don't remember if it's fully guaranteed. It is a four-year deal, correct. So he, he would be under it um, for the next two seasons afterwards. And yeah, he doesn't go. He doesn't go up till twenty 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 six, or he is an unrestricted free agent. So you are correct. So in that scenario where the 49ers potentially not move on, but say they give Trey Lance an opportunity, they want yeah. to invest in him, pick up the fifth year option. With what we've already seen from Brock Purdy, would another team give him a shot, either in two years, three years, just oh, based on what we've already seen? One hundred percent. So you're asking, would another team let Brock Purdy go? Like, would, would, would another team potentially consider Brock Purdy and like investing money in Brock Purdy? I think 100%. You see the quarterbacks that are rolling out there? Yes, 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 100%. So then in that scenario, Brock Purdy should probably take his time with that because yeah. a, he has some sort of option for playing in the NFL beyond this year. It's not like he's a backup who's like fighting to save his spot in the league and it was kind of a fluke situation. Correct, right? but I also know that he loves the 49ers and he loves the opportunity that they gave him last year. He loves the mm-hmm. offense, loves Kyle Shanahan, loves John Lynch. And he, he loves has, the weapons around him. Loves the weapons around him. It's a perfect situation for him. Okay. Uh, yeah. Why would you want to leave that? We always talk about how the Niners are a perfect situation for any quarterback, right? We're always talking about it's, it's like plug and play for for most guys. Yeah. So 
Literally. It's yeah, it's why would you not want to be there? It's not Brock not wanting to be there. It's the 49ers looking at their options because yeah. like fall of 2024, which is theoretically when Brock Purdy might play next in the NFL. Sure. That's a, that's a long ways from now. Like a lot can change in yeah. that time frame. Can we real quick, let's talk about Make comparison Purdy to Stafford. Stafford is just <laughs> now getting completely healthy. I understand he's what ten years older than Brock. Way right? older. Yeah, than Brock. eight years older than Brock. But this is an injury that will nag at you. I know Stafford played through this season for the most part, and then they kind of sat him once their season it, it was over. He had a spinal cord injury. Yeah, yeah. And a knee spinal. and a shoulder yeah. and an elbow. Yeah. He's an old man. He got his ring and he got beat up and. I, I, don't, I don't know what the deal is. One of my that, favorite but. things is that Trey Aikman snitched on him during the NFC Championship last year. He's like, oh, he's dealing with the shoulder, and the shoulder had never been reported. That's right. Oh. I, I, I love when other people snitch. Uh, other, when former players mm-hmm. snitch on other players. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, amazing. a nice little insight. But yeah, what, so it's actually going I, on. I think that's yeah. a good comparison point there. Like yeah. in terms of the macro of Brock Purdy, a good comparison is like Patriots Jimmy Garoppolo, where it's like he's good enough to start somewhere. We just but can't probably stop won't. talking about Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you guys, you guys went from good. being in Jimmy Garoppolo purgatory to having what I call Nick Foles syndrome. That's basically what Brock Purdy was last year. You guys yeah. had Nick Foles syndrome. I hope uh, not. I hope not. Uh, uh, listen, crazy. I think people forget how good Foles was that first year with Chip Kelly. Twenty. So what twenty six to two touchdown interception? So good, Something dude. like that. The it's, reason the reason I say that is because you keep projecting what is Brock going to be next year, two years from now, and my response is always, "Don't worry about it. Just enjoy how stupid it is that a seventh round pick is sure. leading you to." That's kind of where I was at. Too. Look, in terms of the, the original point you were trying to make, mm-hmm. the Niners are much more closer to trading Trey Lance than they are Brock Purdy, even yeah. at this current state. And now, do do they trade Trey Lance? I do not think they do. I think that I don't think they trade Trey Lance personally. I just don't. But even Too if Brock, a Pur- deal. Yeah. yeah, even if Brock Purdy wanted to leave, they wouldn't do it. Like they have a three years of a quarterback. No, who is same NFL thing with Trey caliber. too. Like, yeah, what what value do these guys hold? Especially both of them coming off injury. I just, I just the, uh, people saying they're going to trade Trey Lance for the draft. I'm, I'm like, why would they do that? They don't have any healthy quarterbacks right now. Okay. No, they're going to they have gonna Sam give, Darnold. He's the healthiest quarterback on the team. Yeah, you're right. They're going to give Trey Lance a chance. And to what Nate said about the, the clickbaity type stuff, like everyone wants to know where Brock is going because Brock is this like superstar in terms of people want to know more about this Brock Purdy story because they want to believe that the seventh round pick guy can be the quarterback of the 49ers who yes. leads them. Like people want to believe that this guy is this flash in the pan, seventh round white quarterback who can <laughs> come around and lead the 49ers to glory. Like it's it, everyone has an interest in Brock Purdy's success, including the 49ers. And if that means trade Lance, who they gave up, like I think this year's the last year, the Correct. third first round pick that they gave yep. up for him. So mm-hmm. like, all of the assets, I've called Trey Lance Bitcoin because he oh only gosh. has value because people all agree he has value. Like Trey, If it means that dumping Bitcoin Trey Lance is part of making the Brock Purdy story work, people are totally cool with it. I'm going to use that. I'm yeah. going to use that nickname. Yeah. God dang it. I'm going to use that nickname. Because I've literally, like, we've seen Trey Lance play, what, four football games in four years? Eight. Eight football Eight. games in four years? Like, Eight. people only... Eight. I did the number the other day. People only agree Trey Lance has value because everyone says he has value. Like, we, we have no idea what his actual value is. Look, he's our age. He's 23. He has value. Yeah, uh, but no one... No, <laughs> but no one's ever seen him play meaningful games at quarterback. Like, you can't evaluate a quarterback on four games. Well, not, some well, not full games, snaps. at least. Yeah, that's the other Heck, thing. Heck, Trey Lance is younger than I am. 
<laughs> Trey Lance He's is born in anyway, but, but you have more hair than him. Oh man, oh, I shouldn't have said that. that um, was not cool. We, <laughs> me, Kyle, you were. We had a whole week. session last week. We had about a, you guys went hair, into the yeah. Trey Lance session. Just like hairline. I was trying not to be mean, I had to there, but I hope he. I mean, he'll never hear this. On a, but he should just shave it. He should just shave it. No, he just get I mean, just get plugs, man. Just just get plugs. You can do you it. Hair plugs to... can make you sick. They can do crazy things to your body. Yeah, Joe they Buck can. almost died from hair plugs. Really? Yeah. What? Oh man, poor yeah. Buck. Joe Buck had like surgery to insert hair plugs and almost killed him. Jesus. That's crazy. Maybe don't get hair plugs, Trey Lance. Yeah. I don't know. Just shave it. Yeah, on a scale scale of one to Javon Carter, he's about an eight. (laughs) For those who don't know, Javon Carter's this NBA player, and when he was an 18-year-old in college, he had a receding hairline. Poor guy. Poor kid. All right. So, Brock, that's the Brock talk this week. Yeah, Brock's back. Let's touch on this uh, Chris Conley signing. That was two days ago? Yesterday. Yesterday. Yesterday, Chris Conley was signed. Drafted 2015, yep. Kansas City. He is now 31, I believe. 31 years old. He'll be thir- he'll be he's 30 right now. He'll be 31 at the start of the season. Okay, Mid- midway through the season. Yeah. So veteran veteran receiver, yes. been around the league. Played for Jacksonville, Houston. How how are we feeling about this signing? You, Look, this is the guy you like, correct? I like it in terms of the flyer signing. The Niners do this stuff to develop their roster. Yeah, they still the have time. like 20 something roster spots. This was left. Jordan Matthews. Yeah, uh, this previously, short, yeah. This is, well, Jordan Matthews can be tied in, but whatever. Um, That's true. Chris Conley is kind of like I'm trying to think, think of a good description. Like when they signed Willie Sneed last year. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. that's a better comparison. Yeah, like 100%. when they signed Willie Sneed last year. Yeah, yeah. Look, he's just there to be a practice squad guy, maybe a flyer. He can go and he's a veteran. Okay, and I I actually really like Chris Conley. I've always kind of liked him. He had a really good year with Jacksonville in 2019. He had a 700 and like something receiving yards, five touchdowns. 775. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I, look, I think when you put him out there, he's productive. And I just think you got to put him in the right system. And he was great with Mahomes. He was one of his favorite guys with, with playing with Mahomes. And I think that Kyle Shanahan knows how to use guys that are gamers. And Chris Conley is a gamer. Yeah, Chris Conley is this I'm, one of these quarterbacks who Patrick Mahomes got paid. I'm just receivers. Gl- I'm just glad they chose Chris Conley, and this is by no means a full disrespect over Laqu- Laquan Treadwell. Yeah. yeah, very glad. Okay, I just I don't trust Laquan Treadwell. Were those yeah. the only two options? Well, that's who they brought in last week. Okay. They brought in two guys. They brought in Chris Chris Conley and, and Laquan Treadwell, and they decided on Chris Conley. And I'm kind of glad they did. I think you made me black out Willie Sneed from last year. He was so mediocre. He could not he catch the ball. No, and in preseason, in preseason, oh, yeah, he, he was, was just like, God, he was. Which yeah. is wild because Willie seems really good with the Ravens. He was, I mean, really, yeah. I mean, they didn't have the any Ravens. options. Yeah, he was. He was okay. He was an okay player. He was a wide receiver too for team. You know, I used to like Willie Sneed too. Yeah, but yeah, it's you know signing. He probably probably won't even be there. To, probably won't make the fifty three. He might, he might not. You never know. Again, let's just see how this year goes with Danny Gray. Uh, mm-hmm. Whatever Kyle wants to do with Danny Gray, we'll figure yes, that out. Danny so Gray. I would not be surprised. Speedster Danny Gray. I would not be surprised to see Chris Conley take Gr- Danny Gray's spot. I'm just saying that right now. Mm-hmm. Because Kyle likes guys who can do all, all three phases of the game. Danny Gray can't yet. And Chris Conley can't. Well, Chris Conley, do you want to guess how many rushes he has in the NFL? Because if we're talking like a utility, guess how many? Zero. Uh, one for three yards. Well, that's not his thing anymore. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's like it, 31. Yeah, yeah. So I wonder if what what kind of extra stuff they're going to do blocking. with Chris Con- Yeah, just block. He's a big yeah. receiver blocking. Yeah. yeah. He's like he's basically another another um uh Jawan Jennings. Yes. Who they just speaking of? 
They just he finally he finally signed his contract tender. Yes. Finally, love Jawan Jennings. Love Jawan. Third, uh, third and Jawan, man. Yep, third and Jawan. Jawan yep. is one of my favorite people to talk to in the Niners locker room because of just his aura and his energy. Like he's such a fun dude. Like he just he loves the game. He loves to be physical, and I just really like Jawan. I, I really do. <laughs> he's just he's such a good Kyle guy. Yeah, nothing against Kendrick Bourne, but he was like that step up. From Kendrick Bourne, Kendrick just Bourne that, couldn't that block. Third yeah. Jesus Christ, so. it's Kendrick Bourne. <laughs> yes. <laughs> also, did you guys know Willie Sneed played for the Panthers? He had one catch That's... for six yards. When was that? Uh, a couple years ago. What are we talking about? Willie Sneed. Who did he play for? The Panthers. The Panthers. He played for the Panthers. He had one catch for six yards. Post Ravens. He played for the Panthers. Yeah, two years ago. Man, in, I... in between in between Raiders and Niners. Anyways, that was, wow. I was trying to look up his Niners stats. He I has remember none. his Saint Day. I don't remember his Panthers Day. That's why I don't. Remember. I just don't remember his Panthers Day. He Willie had Sneed. one catch, so I understand. That's, that's kind of why. Um, poor Willie Sneed. Uh, anyway, no. In terms of Chris Conley, really like it. It's it's a good pickup at this stage of free agency. It's not going to cost them a lot. It's probably non guaranteed too, so they can just cut him if they want to. Mm-hmm. It, it's just another camp arm, another not camp arm, another camp receiver to, to throw to for yeah, great. Sam Darnold, whoever. I don't really know. It doesn't matter. He's just there to to play a role and be a part of a roster. If he makes it cool, if not, no, no big deal. Yeah. Um. Anyways, moving on. It's time for draft prep. It is time for Kyle's. Favorite time of the year. Let's go, Mr. Mock. I feel like you're overselling this, but yes, I am. Uh, well, I, I've seen you not do a mock draft for 20 minutes, and you start to get the shakes. <laughs> like you're having withdrawals. So, so oh, I'm God. excited. Let's see how yeah, many I have on my phone. It's at least 10. Yeah. You have 10 mock drafts on your phone? <laughs> Emil, I was, I was selling it for the audience. Just on He's your phone? It up. Just on. on your phone, too? Yeah, yeah. There's also ones that I just do off the top of my head on the podcast, nice. just one after the other. I feel that though. I've done it before. Just a, a deep <laughs> obsession with Kalijah Cansey. <laughs> Everyone has a deep obsession with Kalijah Cansey because after he ran that forty, that was crazy. Do they? I. A lot of Does everyone have a deep obsession with Kalijah Cansey? I also like Kalijah Cansey, but he's not going to be available for the Niners. So it's really, I really don't have a point in talking about him for the Niners. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. I would because he's a perfect Niner. You guys are in a weird position doing draft stuff with the Niners, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, because they have a, they have eleven draft picks and they're all not in the first or second round. Yeah. It's one of the weirder times I've ever seen. And they, none in the fourth either. So yeah, it's like, yeah, they, it's weird. They have three threes, three fives, a six, and four sevens, I think. It's just all compensatory yeah. picks. Just it's, all comp dude, picks. The Niners have such a good program at doing drafting because they can trade all their picks away and still get picks back for just hiring people and, get, and losing them. Well, that's the joke I was going to come on here since I knew you were going to talk about Niners. Is like so if you're a Niners fan listening to this and you're you want to watch the draft on Thursday and Friday. So when that that first pick comes up, I think it's like 29, it belongs to the Saints now cuz it's been traded like mm-hmm. four times or something. Correct. So when when that Niners pick comes up, just fire up YouTube Pull up Christian McCaffrey highlights from last year and just yeah. watch it for yep. 15 minutes. And I'll yeah. take that. Yep. You see his abs the other day? Posted a picture? Or the NFL, I think, reposted it on Instagram? Future running backs need to take notes on how this guy trains. He doesn't train like a running back. He trains like an Olympic sprinter. Mm-hmm. And that's a different level of athleticism, okay? Yeah. Just different levels. Well, his dad was either a receiver or a tight end in the NFL, Yeah, right? Ed was a tight end. Uh, yeah, tight end. With Ed the Niners. With the Niners, the Giants, and the Broncos won Correct. Super Bowls with all three. Yeah. Oh, maybe not the Broncos. I think he won... Two no two with the Broncos. One with the Broncos. Yeah, oh, he was man. on the John Elway Broncos. Met, I, thought I, won, I thought he won one with up. the Broncos. Hold on. Yeah, we he was on. He was on the John Elway helicopter. I'm pretty play. positive he won. He, yeah, he, I think he you're won right. The Broncos. 
Yeah, but I know he played with the Giants. I thought he won one with the Giants. Might have. Uh, because I, I think one year he went Giants, Niners, Broncos, uh, right around when they all won Super Bowls. Let's look. Ed was uh, Ed was a dog. Two Ed, two is the Broncos. Two is the Broncos. Yeah, I thought he won two. I thought he won yeah. his bowls with the Bronco. That makes sense because, because the Broncos went back to back because of the Shanahan connection. Because Mike was the coach at the time, I believe. Yes, and yeah. because of that, Kyle and Christian know each other very, very well. Because Kyle used to babysit Christian. Well, kind of, not really. Yeah, no, it was his yeah. sisters doing the baby. Kyle yeah. was babysitting nothing. Um, Kyle's a bro. What do you mean, Kyle's a bro, dude? <laughs> uh, this Kyle's a bro, yeah. and Kyle Shanahan's a bro. Yeah. Kyle's a bro. The other point I had: so when the first round pick comes around, watch McCaffrey Forty ers highlights. When the second round pick yep. comes around, watch McCaffrey Panthers highlights. <laughs> <laughs> no, you just got to turn on the Eagles NFC Championship game and the one touchdown he scored. Not, man, there were so many good moments from last year with McCaffrey. His mean, he threw a passing touchdown in his first start against the Rams yeah. in LA. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, there's so <laughs> there's so many good highlights. Go find them. Don't don't worry about the draft. Don't worry about who the Saints are. Don't don't worry about which tight end the no, Saints are going to. No, it's fun pick. when you don't care about the draft. As Kings fans this year, we're going to be experiencing that for the first time too. I don't know what so that's like. it's nice. It's nice to just be like, you know what, the draft's happening, and I'm just going to chill out. Yeah. So apparently, I don't need to worry about who the Niners traded up to number three to take. Are they taking Fat Mac? I don't know. <laughs> so yeah. So it's it's nice to just chill. Thank God they didn't take Mac Jones. Yeah, a guy who might not yeah. be in the league very much. Well, be in the league, but be in the league. Yeah, but not be a starter. Yeah. That is longer. actually. It's funny you mentioned that. That's my line of demarcation for caring less and less about the draft because people kept trying to convince me Mac Jones was better than Justin Fields. I was like, "There's nothing you can say. Like, what yeah. universe are we living yeah, in? I don't where know Mac Jones talking. is better than Justin I don't, Fields. Yeah, I don't. I I loved all the rumors too with Chicago. Like, they need to draft another quarterback. Why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Take a chance on Justin Fields. Can we, like, commit to someone for a second, please? Thank you. Can we try? It's the same thing I have with Trey Lance. You give him a bunch of mid-receivers, and it might work out. Hey, you got him, DJ Moore. Thankfully, they gave him something. A bunch of mid-receivers. DJ Moore's not mid. DJ Moore, Chase Claypool. Well, they're about to trade Allen Robinson. No, the Rams have Allen Robinson. He's going to Pittsburgh. Correct. And who else? Who's the third receiver that they have? Is it Mooney? It's, 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 um... Chase Clay, it's Mooney. Yeah, it's Chase Clay. It goes DJ Moore, Mooney, Chase Claypool. That's the three runner. Okay, I, f- I feel like I'm missing some. Anyways, well, not Cole Komet plays tight end, but he's also kind of like a receiver. I love like Cole Komet too. They oh, they've got a they've got a St. Brown brother. That's right. That's yeah. They got Equinim. Is it Equinimius? Equinimius. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I knew I was forgetting someone. Yeah, it, they, he's the the lesser of the St. Brown. They're, they have one more brother too. I forgot his name. They have one more brother. He's no Amon Ra. He's no Amon Ra. He's no. He's no Amon Sun Ra. God. No, Equinemius. I used to joke that Rodgers was throwing the ball to Equinemius Valdez Scantling St. Brown Jr. Oh, my. They were so interchangeable for Aaron, man. Ugh. Anyway, back to the pod. Um, draft prep. We are we are um, ten, nine days away from the draft. It's Tuesday. Yeah. Nine days? Yeah, nine days away from the, from the draft. The Niners do not have a pick in the first two rounds. But, Kyle, being your infinite draft wisdom <laughs> could you see the Niners trading up for somebody in the second round with all their picks it depends I mean or like first you, or first That'd that, be would, a that would be one, but insane yeah. but yeah they might have to trade next year's first to get into this year's first kind of like what the uh <laughs> what the Saints did last year when they like traded two first round picks for I think it was an offensive lineman last year who did they take in the first round the, the reason why their pick now belongs to the Eagles. I think it was an offensive lineman. Yeah, let me, but, let me, let me pull it up. Uh, oh, no, it was uh, Chris Olave, I think. Yeah, it was Olave. Thank you. 
Yeah. yeah, it was a it was Olave. No, it was uh, it was Trevor Penning because they traded up for Olave and then they traded up again to get Trevor Penning. Anyways, um, that's right, they did. They traded with yeah, they got Trevor Penning. I forgot about they really like Trevor Penning yeah. over there. He's okay, I, but they really like him. Niners could trade up. I mean, I don't. I'm not deep into the Niners circles enough to know like someone they've invited or really interested in that might go in the second round, but. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's not that hard to go from the third to the second round, or bottom of the third to top of the third. It's not doesn't cost you that much, especially when you have, like you said, eleven comp picks. Mm-hmm. The only the only reason I, I say that is because the Niners do like you know they have certain type of their guys, and that's why I'm throwing. I personally don't think that they're going to move up that severely because I think they're going to use this draft as a way to game plan for the future seasons because they know they can't pay everyone and they might have to lose some people coming up. And that's going to be part of the discussion we have going into the season and going into next season is who can stick around. And I think this draft with 11 picks is going to be used to retool positions that could be needs next season or later on. Who knows? Yeah, the Niners are always interesting because I've been I've surrounded myself with too many Niners fans in my life. But the thing that I keep saying is like the Niners are so interesting because none of this is normal. Like (laughs) people are like. Other like they're like why can't people do what the Niners do where they like mm-hmm. draft Fred Warner in the third round or pick mm-hmm. up guys Kittle at the, in the fifth? Yeah. yeah, I'm like the Niners. I I joke the Niners just fart out Pro Bowlers every year and it doesn't make sense. And I'm just like you got to look at their mishaps though in the early rounds too. But that's the that's, thing that's take the good with the bad. That's the yeah. funny part. That's yeah. what makes no sense. That's why I'm yeah. like people are like why it can't evens they? out. <laughs> Yeah, it yeah, really it evens out. but they're yeah. like, why can't they build like the 49ers? I'm just like, because you're Tom Telesco in the Chargers. You can't do what the Niners do. The Niners are just, they, it's not normal Look, what I, they do. I maintain that drafting players requires not only skill, but a bit of luck. Because you got to hope that everything works out in the situation that this guy becomes a blue chip player. That's why it's so remarkable that, like you said, yeah. they missed on Solomon Thomas. They yep. kind of missed on McGlinchey. They traded three first round picks for crypto. And, like, what's so. Which it, could be valuable, though. It could be valuable. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing like, despite all those misses, they still have, and it, I feel safe saying this over the last three years, the greatest collection of talent since the Legion of Boom Seahawks. Yeah, they do. It's so remarkable that they've been able to do that because none of that is normal. Like, if if they hit on one of those, they I, whether they win a championship, make it to a round further, like they're, we're not questioning John Lynch or Shanahan as Hall of Famers. It's wild how they have assembled this massive talent basically for three seasons, despite having like basically an opposite draft strategy. So even though yeah. they have no top picks, it's always interesting to talk about the Niners because nothing they do is normal. No, it really isn't. I don't know if I can call Kyle Shannon a Hall of Fame coach. I think he needs a Super Bowl before we can. He needs a Super Bowl. But that's yeah. what that's what I was saying. If one of those moves switch, so like yeah. if if McGlinchey turns into like Lamar Jackson, like that yeah. changes the whole conversation. Or if Solomon Thomas, I'm not even saying Mahomes. If Solomon no. Thomas turns into Marshawn Lattimore, like it would have changed everything. Yeah, man. If, I daydream if the Niners had Lamar Jackson, like. God help everybody else in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, I just picked a name because they were in the same class, but like the oh man, the Josh if, Allen. Yeah, I mean, sure. even Josh Allen that yeah. that works too. Like, if just one of those picks, or even if they just don't trade those, like, think about what the Dolphins did with all those picks that they got for Trey Lance. Like, yeah. they yeah. turned it into Jalen Waddle, another one for Terry Kill, another one for Bradley Chubb. Yeah. Like, even if they do like that one, and yeah, it would have been expensive, but like. It's so interesting to think about how 
they did all the hard part, and then the top of the draft stuff just hasn't worked out for like five years running. And like I said, even at the end of the day, they still have the greatest collection of talent in the last 10 years in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, even going back to, um, I believe, the 2007 draft with uh, Patrick Willis and Joe Staley. I mean, back-to-back, round one, round two. Yep. I, that's just impressive. I mean, I, <laughs> two all-pro all Hall of Fame players and just back. They, they've had a recipe for success going across regimes, and that starts with an organizational front of being competent. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what separates the Niners from a lot of other teams is that they've always kind of been competent. In the and and ownership, especially in the NFC, because yes. the joke I used to have is before the Rams Super Bowl. So after the Tampa one, oh boy! In the fifteen years prior, twelve different franchises made the Super Bowl in the NFC, and among the twelve was two completely different Niners teams. Like there was the one that made the Super the Bowl twenty nineteen and the twenty twelve. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like Joe yeah. Staley was the only player yeah, yeah. or executive the that was on the same team. Yeah. So yeah. basically. 13 different teams have made the Super Bowl in 15 years in the NFC. And the Niners have still built something that, while there's been super parity, has been like behind the Packers, the most successful organization in the NFC. But they were also really, really bad for three or four years. Like a horrible team. You you have to to be bad for a second. Yeah, you have to be. You literally have to be. And that's when you end up with Nick Bosa. Yeah, you end up with Nick Bosa and you DeForest Buckner. Oh, I can tell yeah. you right now, the Niners were thrilled when the Cardinals took Kyler Murray. Yeah, they went, "Thank you very much, Nick. Come here." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the easiest pick, easiest decision, easiest decision ever. Yeah, how much is how we five. think about the Niners? I know this is kind of away from the draft stuff, but how yeah, much of going. how much of what we think about the Niners now is because they have Nick Bosa? Because if that one pick doesn't hit. They're still a great team, but that one foundational piece yeah. has kind of kept them stable so for we're years. We're playing a lot of hypotheticals with this. If this is like, what if they didn't take Kittle in the fifth? You know, like, what if they didn't get Fred Warner? Yeah, what if they didn't get Fred Warner? It just, I, I, it, there's so many different, for lack of a better term, timelines. Yes. Where just like butterfly effect, one minor thing drastically changes an entire team, like taking yeah. Lamar instead of McGlinchey. Or, Look. They don't have if they don't draft Nick Bosa there or not in the NFC Championship game this year. But no. like it doesn't nowhere, even have to or, <laughs> or twenty nineteen or, or no he's nowhere an absolute near it. freak yeah no yeah. It's a freak it doesn't okay. even have to be like that because like what if that twenty eighteen season just didn't go apocalyptically terrible for the 49ers? like what if it only went moderately bad and I'm looking up the twenty nineteen class like what if they're sitting at pick five and they get Devin White instead of Nick Bosa like still a really great player but it's not. Bosa is the foundational piece of everything they do. No, because it starts yeah. with your D line. Does and when you have the best rusher in the league, basically, I mean, no, he is. No, yeah. no, it's not. Yeah. He is. Yeah. So he is. It's it's it's. Micah Parsons he is, is an board. absolute. People I, use this term too much. He's an absolute game wrecker. He's an absolute game wrecker, and he's somebody that you have to pay attention to. Uh, just give all your attention to basically and shut him down if you want to stand a chance. And even at that point, you you can't really shut him down. You can slow him down, but he's too much of he has too much value to the team to not to yeah to not have that team be elite. Yeah, and obviously I I do Cardinal stuff, but this is the thing I've talked to Cardinals fans about. Like if you believe that Will Anderson is your Nick Bosa or is your Miles Garrett, like. There is no price you can pay me to move out of that spot and Correct. draft that player. Yeah. Yeah. Now the question is whether he is that guy. I mean, he's the number one prospect. He is 
since six, I saw a scouting report where like at 16 years old, they said he's going to be a first round pick in the NFL draft. Like if you he's kind of tell, yeah, he yeah. gives off Jadavion Clowney vibes. I don't know what it is, but he's just got some unique blend of athleticism and bend that like you just don't see from guys like that. You just you just don't see it. And and the Niners are a good point for this. Where like if you believe that he is that guy, there is no price you can pay me for a seventeen and a half sack guy who just changes the entire course of your defense the way that Agreed. a star edge rusher does. And so, like the Cardinals would be foolish to trade out of that pick. They, really? They, they they I get them wanting to get other picks. I get it. They need a culture setter that can join Buddha there. They need to they need to show Buddha that, that matters. And while <laughs> so drafting, Jalen Carter, that's what I'm hearing. No, Jalen Carter is the guy. They, they they look. They cannot afford to lose Buddha Baker. They cannot afford to lose Buddha Baker. How do you make him feel better? Hey, here's Will Anderson in in your front four now. Like you got to get him some help. You got to get him some blue chip talent that can be an all pro player. And if you're trading out of the three, say you move back to to ten, eleven. Who, who knows, right? less likely you're going to get that blue chip all pro hall of fame player. Will Anderson is probably going to be a hall of fame player. I'm just going to say it right now. Do you think Aiden Hutchinson is going to be a hall of fame player? Probably. Okay. I like Aiden Hutchinson too. Okay. I, I don't know why, but I think he's got an, a, enough talent, but also enough swagger to really have that. <laughs> yeah. That, like that just got to have swag to get to the hall of fame. I liked maybe. him. When I was, I was, I, and I'll say this from last year. I like Kayvon Thibodeau over Aiden Hutchinson. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I did not like Trayvon Walker over the other two. Let me tell you right there, Jacksonville could have had one of the other two, and they chose Trayvon Walker. Yeah, it's so funny. So I, the way I do scouting is I have a friend who scouts two hundred people, and I just use all of his expertise and trust him. In fact, like with all the information, and we were doing our post draft show, and literally like an hour and a half in, we were like, "Oh yeah, number one pick." So Jacksonville got it wrong, right? He was like, "Yeah," I'm like, "Okay, cool, we can move on." Yeah, look. When Kayvon Thibodeau was on the stage flexing and talking crap to current players before getting drafted, that's how I kind of knew this guy's got something to him. Like, you, it's a different level. You gotta have you gotta have the cachet. Is what yeah. I'm gonna use. You gotta have the cachet in order to be a Hall of Fame player to, or to res- demand the respect of your peers. And he kind of has that. Hutchinson does it a little bit different, but Kayvon Thibodeau has that kind of aura about him, and that's what I, I appreciate. And so does Will Anderson a little bit, but he's a little more humble. Yeah, and the th- well, you said also earlier that bringing the culture setter to put with Buda Baker, and you said the Cardinals can't afford to lose Buda Baker. Technically, they can because they have set a price on Buda Baker that they are clearly not willing to meet. I mean, Bidwell is cheap. Well, yeah, Bidwell's yeah. cheap, but it's dumb because it's salary capped anyways. But besides the point, just like, make him the highest paid safety. He's your best player. And like, he's their captain. And he's your defensive captain. Okay? No, he's their captain, period. You, you just, Anywhere on the you field. Just, yeah. You just watched him on Hard Knocks. Yeah, you saw him speeches. cry for the team. Like, like, he was so invested. You cannot lose a guy like this. You yeah. can't. It'd be the equivalent of the Niners losing Fred Warner. Okay? It really would be. Well, they're going to do what the Cardinals always do, which is... So, when it was Patrick Peterson, they basically had a lame duck season with Patrick Peterson, and then he just left, and he still hates the Cardinals to this day. Yes, he does. Chandler Jones requested a trade. They made him play a lame duck season. He left in free agency. Still hard feelings on the way out. They're going to do the same thing to Buda Baker at the end of the day. And yeah, but Buda, Buda's younger I agree. Than, than both those players. That's what's so weird about it. He's 27. That's why, that's why <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. And he's a, and he's a safety, he's a secondary player. Those guys play longer than defensive ends and, and and backers. Yeah, and I mean to the same point. Like 
the Anderson thing makes sense because similarly Thibodeau was the number one prospect for my guy Blake last year, and it was it was wild that he fell to number five. Like, I can't believe the Giants were in a position to draft him. I, and I mean, if Anderson is that guy, yeah, there's no price you could pay for it. But I understand the skepticism of like if people are going to be offering the same package that Carolina just got or that Chicago just got for the number one pick from Carolina. Yeah, I can understand yeah. trading out and playing the game of picking a guy in the middle of the draft. Because, like, Micah Parsons was the 12th pick in the draft. Yeah. And granted, he was the number one defensive player in his class, but it's also a really, really, you know, you can get those guys later. It's yeah. just a better chance at the top. Correct. So we got we to gotta keep moving here. We, yeah. We're having a lot of fun here talking football, talking that. A lot of Cardinals talk today. I should have expected that, though, with Kyle. Yeah. But uh, I know real. I this is something I've wanted to get in with you for a couple weeks and we haven't been able to sure we need to talk about quarterbacks in the draft yes i think we do i know it's not there is relation to the 49ers specifically no. i want to talk about anthony richardson wait wait, wait. yeah yeah and him okay. possibly going to seattle you just intrigued my interest yes i've been wanting to talk about this guy for a while and now that you guys are here we are kind of yeah we're getting you know we got a little bit of time here i want to talk about him and the potential of because bryce young he's going to go number one is, is that where we are right now no it's it's basically been confirmed now like yeah. he canceled all the meetings with the other teams the odds are astronomical that he's, he's going to be from the one what pick. i heard this morning they were waiting on his weight to come in and then he came in at 205 even though he's going to play at 190 or whatever and he's going to go he's going to go at number one yeah the so. panthers have basically given him assurance he's going to be number one okay so Look, i i Let's Look. say he goes at one. Shh. Okay. For sure. this, for yeah. this, for sure. this. Sure. Okay. Seattle is picking, they're picking fourth overall? Five. Five overall. Do you think, do you both think Anthony Richardson, first of all, is going to go there? Yes. Should go there? And will he, what What do you expect from him in the NFL? Me or Emil? Go first, Kyle. You okay, first. me. Yeah. Cool. So, Anthony Richardson is super intriguing because... So again, shout out Blake. He's really good at scouting. Shout stuff. out Blake. Shout out Blake. Yeah. So Blake Jude, Stripe Pipe Cincy. Follow him wherever you get Instagram stuff. Anyways, so basically his his scouting is this: basically, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud are the two best quarterbacks. Anthony Richardson's a clear number three. Will Levis is a clear number four. So let's operate under the assumption that the Texans are going to take C.J. Stroud. It's not a guarantee, but let's operate under the assumption the Texans are going to take C.J. Stroud. In that scenario, I would assume Richardson is going to be the next quarterback off the board, which... You never know, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Colts have brought in Will Levis a couple times, but like, I presume either the three pick is going to be traded for a team that wants a quarterback, or the Colts are going to pick a quarterback there. So, if Richardson falls, Seattle's taking him, like you said. Like, Oh, yeah. Okay, so you guys think foregone conclusion. Yeah. They want him bad after they paid old man Geno Smith. Richards, okay, let me say this right now. Yes. Je- Anthony Richardson is not leaving the top five. He is okay. not getting out of the top five. Okay. I'm telling you this right now. The Seahawks had the best interview out of every team with Anthony Richardson. He said, and I quote, it just clicked when it. When a player says that about organization, about Pete Carroll and the Seahawks, when a player just clicks with someone, that's usually an indication that they really want to go there and there's a lot of mutual interest. And what's the best situation for Anthony Richardson? Sit a year or two behind an experienced quarterback like Geno Smith and just learn the game. Or even if it's just eight weeks and Gino reverts back to old Gino. Yes. Or, or whatever. That's what, but, Kyle, that is my dream. Yeah. Yes. I, 
hate the Seahawks. Oh yeah, yeah. Get to it. to the end, I hate them so much. <laughs> I hate them so much, and I'll never stop hating them. I really, I really won't. I, the Chiefs, I get it. My uh, my thought process is let's yeah, let the Seahawks take Anthony Richardson. I just I it I know Geno had a great season last year and he had the most passing yards in Seahawks history for a season, right? Yeah. Well, obviously it's seventeen games, so he gets that. But he missed a game, did or no? Did Geno get hurt last year for a game or two? He might have. Anyway, he played the playoffs. Doesn't matter. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, I just I really don't know about Anthony Richardson. I think it's a high risk, high reward situation. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But, but the Seahawks can afford that. Yeah, they can afford that right now because they have Gino for three years. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Which, I mean, will they have Gino for three years if he reverts back, like Kyle said? They can get out of it every year. So whenever yeah, they yeah, want, it's a they very easy easy contract. Like the numbers initially looked very scary, but then you looked mm-hmm. at the, the guarantees, it was like, oh, this is actually like a two year deal, kind of. I like it for Seattle because I don't know if it's going to work for them. Pete Carroll's old. Pete Carroll's seventy three. Yes, but Pete Carroll also is a old is like a young man, but that, that, that's not young anymore because he's, he's <laughs> just <laughs> taking his shirt off, you running around video and of him riding on the scooter last year. Oh my god! I in love, the background, I love seventy one. He's seventy one. I'm not a fan of the Seahawks either, but I love Pete Carroll. Love that dude. Uh, I hate him. USC, well, fight on, baby. What also, he he kind of screwed over USC, didn't he? A little bit. Sort of. But, you know, the, whatever. The, the scandal was coming, and he dipped out yeah. before yeah, everything. Yeah, but yeah, he did. Uh, the, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. The, the thing Sneaky about, Pete. The thing about high-risk or high-reward picks like that is, you know what is the best place for that? A really well-run organization. Nation. What does Seattle have? A really, really A well-run, well-run organization. organization. For the most part. Okay. All right, I mean, I'm, they're better than most. Better, better than better the than most. Yeah, better than. Hey, and that's you know, and that and that's not the highest bar, but. and that's on God. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they yeah. haven't they oh, haven't drafted yeah. as well, but they also just they don't make the players pay for their own meals. Let's just say that. No, they don't, and they know when to move on from Russell Wilson and somehow make it work. out. Oh my God, I thought, yeah, that I, was yeah. so smart, man. God, that, I, in my, hindsight, that was such a good move. My la- my course. last my last thing on on Anthony just before I move on here. If he doesn't go to Seattle at five, he goes to Detroit at six. So okay. I'm obviously plugged into the uh, the Cardinal spaces quite a bit. And, oh, really? Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, I have a podcast. Interesting. Um, no clue. So the three pick is open for business, clearly. Oh, yeah. And the team that would trade up, I can't imagine they're trading up to draft Will Levis. I can't imagine that that's a situation would be a team. Detroit? Who, any team? or just, So yeah. there's one team that... The rumors, the reports, the articles being written. Watch out for Tennessee at eleven. I've heard they're this, d- man. But they're they're the most. They're done with Malik. They're the they most are. intrigued. The Titans, like they're making a list because like the Raiders aren't interested, the Falcons aren't interested, the Seahawks aren't interested. Thank God. Like it's it's Tennessee at eleven is the team that's like most eager to move up, and yeah. I think the thing they're banking. I think. The Texans also know this, which is why you're hearing a lot of like, well, the two pick is available for trade if you want it, because the Texans... No, it's not. The Texans want to make the Titans think C.J. Stroud is available. The, t- the Texans want to make the Titans squirm. They want to make the Titans ex- use all of their picks and no longer have a future. That's that's the point. <laughs> yeah, but they would also get C.J. Stroud or, Will, or Anthony Richardson, which would Which be... I don't know if that works out in the Titans organization. Hey, I don't know if Bryce Young works out in the Panthers organization, but we're going to oh, find God. out, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, that, that turf field worries me with Bryce Young. That really does. 
Oh. Van Turf, I'm on that. I'm on that train. Been on that train since oh, 2020. Uh, yeah, been on that train since week two of Nin- 2020. Niners lost Emmanuel Moza because of that crap. Uh, Niners have lost several. They've lost Nick Bosa because of that. They've lost a lot of people. You will, of that you will be the on Jets. the right side of history. Yes, Nate. yes. I think it's time to get rid of turf, everybody. Yeah. That's and my, turf. Also, Anthony Richardson, he hit the roof throwing a ball, so he's yeah, going to be trash. So did Zach Wilson. So that helps. Hey, the hey, there we go. There we go. Look, <laughs> I think okay. I, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna defend Anthony Richardson. I really am. I really like this guy. I just don't know what it is. He has the intangibles, and I get it. It's high risk, high, high risk, high reward. But he reminds me so much of Josh Allen. I've never watched tape on him, so I'll take your word for it. Like I, I I've watched tape, man. I, he makes some poor decisions sometimes. His accuracy needs to get better. Yes, that all comes with time. But like he actually genuinely cares about getting better at the game. Honestly, I don't know the answer to this. How good were his receipt? Was his receiving core? In they weren't. They were. Cr- yeah. They were crap. Well, he did have Kyle Pitts for like half a season. But okay, sh- sure. His best wide receiver was Ricky Pearsall. Do you guys know who that is? No. No, wait, you don't. Wait, wait. Kyle Pitts. He had Kyle Pitts for half a season. Are you sure about that? Because in twenty twenty, no, he didn't have Kyle. No, Pitts. I don't think he did. In twenty twenty, only a one year starter. One ball. Yeah. Oh, okay. And they were just yeah, saying it was yeah. like a, was a one year. One, one and a half. Oh, because sorry, in 2021, he, he threw 38 balls. I'm thinking so. of Kyle that Trask. Doesn't, that doesn't count, really. I'm okay. thinking of Kyle Trask. That's oh, Kyle Trask. Okay, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. you're thinking of, yeah. Kyle Trask. And it, look, where was I? I was talking about... You were defending the honor uh, of Anthony Richardson. Yeah. Oh, I was saying that. Thank you. I was defending <laughs> the honor of Anthony Richardson and, and, and Ricky Pearsall. Their best receiver was Ricky Pearsall. The reason why I know who this guy is, he went to Arizona State while I was at Arizona State. He was a good receiver, but not a number one by any stretch of the imagination. Brandon Ayuk was number one in that offense, not Ricky Pearsall. Okay, Ricky Pearsall is a fine receiver, not an NFL receiver, but a fine receiver. And that's your number one receiver, and you're making you know lemonade out of lemons. I genuinely feel good about that, and I just think the overall talent of this guy is going to outweigh the cons because the talent is just there. Yeah, and the thing that's interesting, I don't know how plugged people are into college football, but basically Florida fired their coach, everyone transferred out. They kind of had to fill yeah. their roster with transfer portal guys this yeah. year. So It was a rough year for them. Yeah, this was a was, first year with a new coach who might work out, might not. We'll still find out later. It but, wasn't perfect, but Anthony Richardson sold the spotlight for a lot, okay. a lot of that. Okay, that's that's what I needed to know. I also needed to know that um, what he, beat, to know? he beat out Jalen Kitna, who I believe is John Kitna's son, yep, who was in correct. the NFL for 500 years. Correct. Um, so shout out John Kitna. Also, I think Jalen Kitna got in some legal. Yeah, trouble. I was yes, gonna he say did. he got arrested <laughs> he for did. something, which is part of the Florida allure. But whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, but that's did, some but, but Dan oh, Mullen. on something really bad yeah. too. So let's uh, yeah, let's yeah. let's not let's not go there with Kitna. Oh, yeah, my goodness. Okay. I need to look yeah. this up. No, now. let's not. No, was. let's not go there with Kitna. We 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 hope for the best with his future endeavors. Yeah. Um, so okay, let's let's touch on one more thing. We're we're going we're going long here. It's because we have we have a great guest today. I know, but um, I can talk for hours. Let's man. talk. I just looked it up. Oops. <laughs> let's talk. Forty Nine ers specific draft you have on here. Emil writes our beautiful rundown. I'm I'm talking like I wrote it. Uh, but, <laughs> no, it's uh, fine. Uh, the question you have asked us is: Do you think the Niners take a running back in the third round? <laughs> it's tradition. Yeah, that's it's why, tradition. That's why I had yes. to throw it out. And there. then on top of that, do they draft a QB? I'll do the QB one. I think this is short and simple. Yes. Yes. I think they grab a QB. Mm-hmm. Why not? A hundred thousand picks. You know, you would look what you did with Purdy. You got an irrelevant. Why not trust Kyle? Let's let's see what happens. If they do one, it'll be a, it'll be a late round selection for a quarterback. Yes. Yeah. Aiden O'Connell. 
Aiden O'Connell, look at you. I don't know. I'm just throwing out names here. That's nice. That's <laughs> good, though. He, he played a 1,000 years at Purdue and never played a meaningful game. I think the one guy they're really interested in, I'm just going to throw this out there, is Dorian. Dorian. Uh, oh, DTR. DTR, thank you. Yeah, Dorian, Dorian Thompson Robinson. Robinson. Yes, thank yes. you. I always mess his name. And they, I met with him. they met with him, what, yeah. two weeks ago, right? They, they met with him last week. Last week? Last Friday. Yes. He was at the facility. Yeah. And he had a private workout with them a week prior, so that tells me that it went really, really well. They liked him because of his versatility. They like him because he's a dual threat guy. He can run the he can run the option. Kind of similar to Trey Lance can run certain things. Now, I won't say I've done a ton of DTR film study. I haven't, but I have seen him play in college. I was in person at the at the Rose Bowl when he, when they played ASU and UCLA in the twenty twenty one season. Yes, in twenty twenty one season. Jason Ross will be happy if we draft him. We'll yes, say that. yes, he will. Jay Ross, big UCLA guy. Yes, I don't know if he's a big DTR guy, but he might be. He might be. Big, we might look, need to get him on DTR. Is a four or five year starter that got better under Chip Kelly every single year. He still has to work on his accuracy and just kind of overall awareness kind of thing. So that's obviously an issue. But his ability to just be a, a gamer is what the Niners like like about these quarterbacks. They want cheap guys that have a lot of experience, that know what they're doing, that don't fall under pressure. And DTR doesn't. DTR has played in a lot of big games in the Pac-12. That's important. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Great. I think I I. I think they do take him. I really do think they take him since I, I met with him. Yeah, I think I really think he will be a 49er. Will he make the 53? Eh, I don't know. Depending it, yeah. on where we're at with this whole Purdy situation. Uh, don't they? Isn't yeah, there a new they rule where him. they keep three quarterbacks now? Isn't that a new because rule of the Niners? Does they that implement they this they year? Didn't agree I think on that, it, no. yeah. Okay, they brought it up, and I think it got tabled. Yeah, yeah, I think it got tabled. Okay, so never mind. That. Let's Maybe. let's get into this running back thing. Oh, do you think Niners take quarterback? Uh, sure, maybe I don't know. Okay, uh, great. <laughs> sure, maybe. <laughs> great, I don't great. It's Kyle. You never know. Dorian Thompson. Okay. Dorian Thompson Robinson would be interesting. Yeah, because yeah, I would. I wouldn't have guessed that the 49ers would be a team interested in him. Well, it's either Another him LA or or Fresno State's Jake. Uh, ha- oh, ha- Jake Hayner, college Thank football Hayner. legend. Thank yeah, Jake. Hayner. <laughs> Jake Hayner, so excited. Jake Hayner. Jake Hayner's fun because he's someone who just like breaks his rib and then like puts it back into place and goes back out there. Like that mm-hmm. dude has had so many injuries in college. That sounds like just, a 49er. Right yeah, there. that yeah. definitely. That sounds like Brock. yeah. That yeah. dude. That dude has yeah. broken every bone in his body and just carried Fresno to a pack. Danville native, by the way. I believe. Jake Hayner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just want to throw that out there. I said, mm-hmm, like, I know. I was just saying, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Well, he's a local guy. Yeah. He was at the local pro day this, this week. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's important. I'm a big uh, big Mountain West guy. So Jake Hayner, legend. Uh, I pegged you as a Mountain West guy. From San Diego. So yeah. checks out. I, uh, San Diego if you, State. <laughs> yeah. Go Tex. All right. Running back, third round. The Niners currently, they're, they're, they're running with four running backs. McCaffrey, Mitchell, Ty Davis, Price, Jordan Mason. I don't think they take a running back in the third round. I think Kyle gets his guys when it, I mean the early running backs haven't really worked out for the Niners. You look at um oh my god Trey Sermon Trey Sermon Trey Sermon in the most recent history beat out by Jordan Mason, an undrafted guy. Yeah. So I I don't think they take him that early. Kyle might if he really falls in love with someone, but also they have the depth. They already have. Great player. It'd be just I, I I don't I don't I don't know. Look, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. Fool me twice, shame on me. I, I I can't say for sure if they're they're not going to take a running back, but excuse me, it would be incredibly foolish for them to take another running back when they have four on the roster already. That I just don't see the point in doing that. Like I just they have four running backs who 
have shown meaningful contributions to the team, including Ty Davis Price. Even after he got hurt, he had some meaningful run. And Jordan Mason is their like Legarrette Blunt. They love that dude. Oh my I love God, Jordan he's Mason. Awesome. Yeah, he's I a great third love, down back. He's, dude, so yeah. I was at training camp last year watching Trey Sermon versus Jordan Mason. I was like, Jordan Mason's going to beat Trey Sermon out for this roster spot. Like he's just better. I, I can't. Mm-hmm. He just he's just a better player. And here we are now. What I love too is the diversity at running back. All four of these guys. Are different. Oh yeah, and obviously McCaffrey's different. Uh, McCaff- I mean, McCaffrey's different, different in the way that he does everything. Yeah, does everything. But like uh, the way you compare Jordan Mason to Ty Davis Price, they are just like it's like finesse versus a bowling ball. Like going just downhill guys. So different situational guys. So like if yeah. Eli's out, they uh, Kyle can use them in any way. It's so. Yeah, I, you said if you mean when Elijah yeah, when, Mitchell's out. Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, lo- I, I saw Elijah, that smirk coming. You. Yeah, yeah. I love you, but you just sprained your MCL twice. God, we, I think in the season. Twice? Uh, hopefully, as an RB two, he stays healthy all season. With you know McCaffrey getting, he's such a good change of pace running. Back. Well, that's yes. assuming McCaffrey stays healthy all season, which is uh, he did know. last year. And that's, you see those abs, Kyle? I'm gonna play those like a xylophone, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> picking running backs not the worst idea for them, but the other thing is bringing At, the and the third round though. That's where I was going to bring it up, okay. which is yeah. one you mentioned they have eleven comp picks or whatever it is this year, and two, this is a really really deep running back class this year. There's so many running backs that are going pro, so if you want to wait and get like Kenny McIntosh from Georgia or the guy from Tulane or yeah. uh, the guy I'm trying to remember what school it was, but he ran for like 300 yards in a bowl game this last oh, year. Uh, Frank, McBride, Dwayne McBride from. I was uh, thinking of Frank Gore's kid. That's another. He's not in the draft yet, but chill, Auntie, chill, that Dwayne, guy. <laughs> yeah. Chill, Auntie. Yeah. Dwayne McBride from from UAB. Deuce Vaughn is in the draft this year. That's, he's he's Deuce probably Vaughn's not going. Like, Deuce Vaughn's a dog. Dude, though. if you want Deuce Vaughn, he's probably not going to get picked. You that, can get him undrafted. That would be a Niner guy. I would I would not be surprised. Them say, hey, after the draft, we're going to sign Deuce Vaughn. Yeah, there's there's an Oklahoma guy. There's so many running backs in this class. So just use one of those eight sixth round picks and draft a running back if you're going to do it. I'm with it. Yeah, yeah. It's not in the third. Unless, I mean, I always trust Kyle if he wants to do, if I just, just from what we've seen in the past, I, I don't, I wouldn't be ecstatic, but, uh, you know, do what you <laughs> well, got to do, Kyle. They're going to use one of those picks to draft a kicker. I'm just going to say that right now. They're going to draft a kicker. They're going to draft Jake Moody out of Michigan, probably. You don't like Zane? Zane Gonzalez is a Niner? <laughs> you didn't yeah. know this? Yeah. He's been out for like three weeks and they traded yeah. for him. Yeah. They, oh, man, you're screwed. They, oh, former ASU. Come on now, forks up, baby. ASU. Forks up, baby. Forks Go up, Devils. baby. What do you mean? Go Devs, man. Go Devs. What are you forks talking about? Forks up, doggy. No, no if, Zane, Zane Gonzalez, if Zane Gonzalez is your kicker, you need a kicker. Well, it's okay. a step down from Robbie Gold, obviously. Oh, it's a jump down. From Robbie Gold. You're jump, yeah, you're leaping down the stairs. But, hey, look, it's still another kicker to have. You're, you're spraining your ankle from Robbie Gold. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> look, I'm not always thrilled with rookie kickers, but Jacob Moody has the makings of being a good kicker, and I'm, I'm intrigued to see what happens. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I would not be surprised if them take Jake Moody in the sixth round. If you got 11 comp picks, why not? Yeah. They need a kicker, man. They just need another kicker. Draft a kicker. Draft a safety. I recommend JL Skinner from Boise. Ooh. Another, another Mountain West guy. See, this is why we brought you in, Kyle. Well, you got names. You got, yeah, you know well, what you're talking well, about. Well, here's, here. the, here's like, the reason why. Half I, this podcast. I, here's the reason why I wanted to shoehorn that one in. One, he's a safety, but he's more of a linebacker, so he'll yeah. be like an off-ball guy like that. He'll play, uh, sub, he'll play sub a lot. Yeah, the reason the reason I just want to throw him out is because he I went to high school with him. Oh, did you and, really? Uh, yeah, he, me and him were, we, we used to do workouts together in like the seventh grade or something. Shout out, so. Jay. 
Hell. So yeah, I just wanted to shoehorn that name. What in kind there. of workouts were you guys doing? Uh, mostly running, occasional kicking, or no. He would do football type workouts because okay. he he's also a good basketball player. But yeah, JL's a beast. He got a pec injury in the in the Mount West Championship yeah. game, but that's going to hold them back possibly. But he, he might fall to the third round, and the Niners can pick him. I wouldn't be surprised to see him fall to the third or fourth round. I wouldn't. Yeah, shout out JL. Shout I out JL. Not that he doesn't have talent. I'm just saying that having an injury going into the draft is never a good thing. I mean, someone's going to steal Andrew Voorhees for for like cheap because of, because of because yeah. of the um, ACL tear or Achilles tear. I think it was. Yeah, don't don't use your first pick on a running back unless it's Bijan. Never use your first pick on a running back unless it's Bijan. Unless it's Bijan or uh, Jameer Gibbs. Eh, even Jameer Gibbs, I don't think is a first round guy. People are in love with Jameer Gibbs. No, I, I know people who are in on him and think he's a first round guy. I'm just people were in love with Najee Harris too. Yeah, but Najee Harris has been great. He's been great. He's been great. Yeah, but it just it first round like is that what the Steelers needed? It depends on the guy you're picking. Well, they, because it's not about how good the player. It's about the value like, of the running back now has jumped. Is like yeah. Has, I don't. Uh, yeah. The stock has gone straight down really for has. running back. Yeah, I don't think the Steelers regret picking Najee though. Like that. Pick didn't turn out bad. They just have not supported him with an offense in the time. They don't have an offensive line. Mm-hmm. That's the or problem. Or, or quarterback. quarterback. Or, they, have, they have Pickens. Don't don't speak bad about George Pickens now. Okay, maybe Pickens will turn into something. But he is something. I'm a big Pickens <laughs> guy, dude. Okay, it's natural talent, man. Okay, uh, sure. I think Kenny Pickett's the problem, but whatever. Well. I mean, Kenny Pickett was probably drafted too high. Um, yes, he but was. But anyways, yeah, the, feel good story though. You got to draft him high for the story. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. you have a, if you have a premium pick, maybe you could take Gibbs in the first Here's round. The but if if he's your if he's your t- first pick, now just take one of those six corners and be fine. I don't even care what team it is. Just take a corner over Gibbs. I just wouldn't be surprised seeing a contending team be like, "Hey, Jameer Gibbs is on the board. We, do we want another playmaker? Heck yeah, we do!" And then just draft. Yeah, him. but if the Vikings cut Dalvin Cook and then draft Jameer Gibbs, that's just a ridiculous use of a first yeah. round pick. Yeah. The Saints, I don't know, Alvin Kamara, they could trade him. They, the Saints just signed uh, Jamal Williams from the Lions. Good point. Yeah, they're not going to take Jameer. I always forget. I love Jamal. I actually wish he got a better deal. Swift is going to take over. No, he's, not, he's only going to play three games. Yeah, they signed. They they don't yeah. even believe they signed David Montgomery. Yeah, they don't know, believe, dude. They don't even. I don't. I know. hope he stays healthy. I don't know he's so why good. they didn't just sign Williams. The videos of Deuce Staley trying to coach up um, um, Swift is incredible. Like, do you guys know who Deuce Staley is? No. Deuce Staley is the running backs coach of the Detroit Lions. The only reason why I know who he is is because one, he played for the Eagles, and he was really good for the Eagles, and mm-hmm. two. He was on Hard Knocks. And Deuce Staley, oh, was he the guy who was just cursing all the time on Hard Knocks? Him and uh, the other coach, Aaron, were just cursing. Oh, the guys who are like friends who yeah. are like the offense and the defense. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Deuce Staley is the shorter one, the running backs coach. Um, Deuce was trying to just get the most out of Swift. And like it's, he struggled too. Because I don't think I don't think Swift had that killer instinct that he was looking for that like running backs need to have, that tenacity. And Swift always got hurt. And it was like, if you just like commit to like the hole and don't second guess yourself, you're going to do great. And that's the problem is he second guesses himself all the time on cuts and stuff. Mm, yeah. I think we need to wrap it up guys. I think we do. I think we need to wrap it up here. Kyle, thank you so yeah. much for coming on. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure to come yeah, on. It really, talk time really flew by here. No, we just did like what an hour and a half. Like we were, we were cooking. Oh, uh, we did a little over an hour. Yeah, we were cooking. Yeah, we were cooking. It we was getting cooking. hot in here. It's getting hot and yeah. in fuego. Yeah. Fuego, dude. That's, I think we're still hot from the Kings last night, too. Yeah, we're recording this with Game 2. It was a good time. Purple yeah. Gang. Shout, yeah, out, shout gang. out Kings. Shout out Davion Mitchell. We're very happy with the Kings. We're very happy with the Niners. 
We got a draft coming up. We're going to do one more show before the draft. Yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll do one next next Tuesday or Wednesday, probably after I come back from Niners Media Day on Monday. We're okay. going to have a pre-draft media session, and we're going to talk with some players, talk with John Lynch, usual stuff, and uh, see where their head's at and give a little updates on all the rumors before we uh, get into Thursday. Great. Well, Kyle, thanks again. You want to give your stuff a little shout-out? Uh, yeah, yeah. Take it easy podcast everywhere you get podcasts. Book is available. If you find the podcast, you can find the book. Uh, if you want more Cardinals, I don't, I doubt anyone here is going to want Cardinals <laughs> stuff, but the, the memes. Yeah. 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 I mean, if you want to, if you want insight, hear um, about their dinners and how they have to pay for them and how they're very mediocre. You want to hear three straight podcasts about the reports of executives talking <laughs> about harassment. Yes. Yeah. You can, uh, you can check that out. Um, yeah, and then just listen to Sacktown Sports because you, you might hear my great, voice. Yeah, Sacktown yeah. Sports. Me too. Sometimes we go on shows together. Yeah. Not together. We're, you know, Board we're there. Yeah. Yeah, we're there Emotionally. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're there, just connected. not usually at the same time. Yeah. That's very Make true. Make sure to check out their, these guys' <laughs> stuff and just, they're, they're awesome. God, we're so awesome. No, God, I'm, check out these guys' <laughs> stuff. All of that stuff oh, that they're doing. I just put up a YouTube video on Sacktown Sports where we're talking to Kings fans after 16 years. Yeah. And we're interviewing them. Uh, it was me and Simone here on the station. Shout and uh, I'm pretty proud of that one. So check it out. It's pretty. It's good. It's really good. No, these these guys are legends, everyone. Thanks please give them a follow. Nate read Emil's articles, everybody. And also read my yeah, articles. Please, Dang it. please. Read them. Just read them. He's working so hard. He's putting out stuff every day, all day. He all doesn't day. stop. It took him eight hours to do a mock draft. It really did. How it's many picks why? did you do? All, all, all the first round. Yeah, all the first I, round. I thought about it for like five of it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it took me forever to do it because I just had to think about it, like yeah. why the reason was behind it. 20 minutes, you're good. You don't need, no, but, to, you don't need <laughs> to do that. No, but it wasn't just me picking the players. It was me writing descriptions for every single player afterwards. Yeah. Bijan Robinson, big, strong, any team 10 to 21 could take him. Boom. There you go. Every single player had about three graphs to it, okay? It was 4,000 words, okay? All right. <laughs> it was 4,000 words. All right, Emil, take us home. All right. That is it for the Return of the Empire podcast this week. We'll be back next week with me and myself and Nate Littlefield. Maybe Kyle will come join us here in the near future after the draft. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Anyways, thanks for listening. and Have a great one, y'all. Peace.